Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This Doctrine and Covenants year. Oh, that is so crazy. We've been so excited for this year. <laughs> it is nuts that we have shifted over to this new book, but super exciting too because, I don't know, New Year's do that kind of thing to you where you're just like, all right, fresh start. I've got new like ambitions and goals and hopes for my study this year, for our family, personally, whatever it is, and it's cool that we can kind of get going. Listen, we've been teaching Seminary and Institute for a long time, and this is the hardest book to teach as a teacher. And it's because there's no um, storyline to it, like embedded in, in the actual yeah, scriptures. The and so, yeah, and so sometimes like some of the verses seem to be, can be bland or repetitive or something, and you're sort of like... And the themes. You're, yeah, we're yeah. going to cycle through temples and missionary work and um, what else? Zion is a the huge thing. Consecration is, is a big theme. So it's, over and over, we're going to come back to them again and again. And so you just feel like you're repeating the same lessons over and over when you are the teacher. As we started talking, we were like, "What's going to make this book fun? Like, what are we going to do that is going to make studying the doctrine and covenants interesting and exciting, but also like mean something applicable? And what's going to be the inspiration?" behind everything that we're learning this year. Yeah, so one of our first things is we're really interested in teaching both the content of what's actually in the words and then the context. What is the background? Who is involved? Like, what, like what's going on in their story? What's happening with them? And, and together, I think both of them, I had a friend made this analogy. He was like, you can read the words of the Doctrine and Covenants and they're great. Sort of like if you hear the soundtrack to a musical before you ever see the movie. Yes. And you're like, I like these songs. But then once you watch the play, then you love the songs because you understand what was going That's on in so the background. True. So the sections by themselves are beautiful. When you have the background too in it, it's kind of like, oh, now there is the whole play. So we started thinking, all right. What do we what do we want for our own study, for our own lives, for our own families? To make it's this help book that. come alive. Right. That we just want it to come alive in your homes this year. So one of the things you know, this is not new, this was new last year, is, is our study journal. Um, in here, we this is where we really want to get down and dirty with like, the content and context, you know? Like what is happening. I want to become I want to know the words of the Lord in this dispensation really well. If that is your like hope and desire. This video together with these to just write it and think and process as you go through. That's our hope with this. Um, we also have... Let's talk about what's on the other three pages. Oh, though. we should so because we have purposes with them. One is a notes page because like this is this is great. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that when you drew it? Um, <laughs> but the, like so much you want to write down in church, in Sunday school, um, just bonus stuff that you... We're going to talk about, for example, the background who's in each section. And wouldn't it be awesome if at the end of the year you had, oh, this section's to William McClellan. He was a school teacher. He met Joseph, da, da, da. Just to have that, like, forever and always. As a so we have a, a It'll blank be page. such a good resource to look back to. This is my daughter's favorite. Okay, this is the, it's just a, a daily 
Um, if you like to read daily and think of one little thought or one little question or something, and you just want to keep track of a favorite verse that you read every day or something like that, we have that page. We had that in the Book of Mormon 1 also. And then um, this is your favorite. I really love this page so much. I started getting into... Um, you ever seen War Room? <laughs> yes. That is one of my I favorite Christian so movies. War Room. And this woman in there talks about her prayers are her battleground. And she writes out her prayers for people and for herself because it helps like connect her mind and her heart and spirit together. And so I love the idea of prayer journaling. And especially this year, as we try, as we watch other people listen to the voice of the Lord, how, how neat to think, I want to become more in tune to his voice. I want to, I want to hear him better. I, I, I want to have that sort of direction and guidance, you know, um, in my own life. And so it just is a prayer journal section where each week, there's just something for each week where you've got um, my own prayers that I might want to write out for strength, for myself, for guidance, for others. Some of the answers that you receive throughout the week. And one of the things I just want to add right there that yeah, is yeah. so awesome for those of you who just watched the Christmas devotional sometime in the past few weeks, I love that President Nelson gave us that blessing. You know that about me. I love the blessings more than any other thing. Anytime someone tells us they're about to give us a blessing, it's like Christmas at our house. <laughs> and I loved at the very end when he said, um, he, as an authorized servant of Jesus Christ, that he was gonna invoke a blessing upon each of you. And I love that it was like on you and on you and on you. And the blessing is so perfect for entering into the Doctrine and Covenants year. And you actually might want to hang it somewhere in your house just to remember for this whole year because think how beautiful this blessing was. He says, my beloved brothers and sisters, may you and your families be blessed with peace with an increased ability to hear the voice of the Lord and receive revelation. Like it's almost as if he knows we're just coming right into this year. And now the prophet just blessed each of us with this increased ability to hear the voice of the Lord and receive revelation, an enhanced capacity to feel how much our father and his son love you, care for you, and are ready to guide all who seek after them. So again, that added blessing of just guidance. And then I love when he talked about, I join my words with those of Moroni and commend you to seek this Jesus who the prophets have written that the grace of God, the father and his son, Jesus Christ and the Holy ghost may be and abide in you forever. And then it was just so cute at the very end when he said for this, I pray. And when he gave us that blessing, I thought to myself, Oh, I love that as we're entering into the book of Revelation, the prophet just blessed us to be better at hearing and receiving Revelation. We all just got that blessing. So how awesome is that page yeah. about to be? Especially, I remember being in this devotional once with President Irene where he was talking about when President Hinckley was president of the church and he said, made this comment. He says, I wish you knew um, the kind of effort President Hinckley put into receiving revelation. And it was the first time I, I'd kind of had a switch of my mindset of like, oh, I didn't know it was a skill. I didn't know it was something that required so much effort. I thought yeah. prophets were just, but we'll watch that with, with, the, with the men and women of the Doctrine mm -hmm. and Covenants. They start off almost sloppy <laughs> and they really are. And you can kind of see God train and refine them and, and tune them throughout the years. And I think, oh, I would love to be tuned, you know, throughout this year. Um, and the things I pray for, the things I hear, my answers, 
um, my errands. We have a us box each each week to think, what is my errand from the Lord this week? How mm. can I be his servant? Um, That's one of my favorite things to pray for. Every morning I try and remember in my prayers, what is the one thing you need me to do today? And I have found when I remember to ask that, that my day my day is just governed so well simply because of the asking. And I also love to that I'm learning how well the Father knows me because sometimes there are things that have to do with my personal growth or things that I need to work on. But sometimes there are things like take Grace to lunch. And I'm always like, really? That is so fun. I love that that's the one thing you need me to do today. And just to, to watch Him move in our lives, which is what we're going to watch in the Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah, I thought this was neat. The, it, throughout the Doctrine and Covenants, the Lord refers to Joseph as my servant um, 94 times. Hmm. You can count and see if I'm off on that number. Um, but don't cheat and look it up on the phone. Um, but that's just interesting that he's trying to teach us how to become his servants, yes. how to do his will and his work, be his hands and his voice. And uh, how awesome. And December of 2021 to look back and say, I'm better at hearing his voice. Yes, that's so I'm, good. I'm a greater servant. So this so. will be a great practice ground for that. Um, this feels like a personal study. That's how we both use it. This is when we sit down with our scriptures and we're going to take a few minutes to really dive in. This is where we both go. But we both have families and super crazy lives. And you wish that you were doing this for 20 minutes every single day. but And that might work for some of you. But for some of you, that might be like crazy. And so we also wanted to think of like, how do we make Come Follow Me easier for families? And how do we make Come Follow Me just part of what's happening in your home in case you go to Friday and then you're like, we haven't done one thing. So we have a couple ideas for that. Yeah, one quick is just our, our devotional book. If you don't know about this, it's just a quick little thought on one verse in for every section for five days a week throughout the entire year. Really easy at breakfast or at nighttime for your scripture study or if you have to give a devotional thought or thought in ward council or something like that. It's just like a nice... Um, oh, here's the verse. Here's kind of what's going on. And here's I a sweet little it. principle. Yep. You know, Just a about, thought, a verse. Um, that would hopefully make... You, and so easy to read with your kids in carpool or whatever you're doing. In our newsletter, we also have each week five verses that have a question and a challenge. A question or challenge that go with one verse um, for Monday through Friday also. So that might be really helpful in our in our newsletter too. Okay, this is the thing we are so excited about this year. It's these posters. Um, one of the things that you know about us is we love words. And sometimes just a simple word study might be all you get in a week. Like if you're going on a family vacation or if you're really crazy week that week. We debated last year, how could we do this word a week where at least you're getting that one thing? So we created these posters that we are so excited about. Um, they just have one word that you'll be able to see every time you walk through the kitchen or wherever you are. And one it's a word verse. that comes from the study of that week. week. Right. Yeah. One verse of scripture from that study. We, we'll put down here the study because a lot of people said to us, we can't even remember what we're supposed to be studying this week. So you'll just put this out and you'll know, oh, we just are Doctrine and Covenants section one this week. And then we thought it would be so awesome to have a quote from Joseph Smith every week. So the first word we're studying is hearken. It's the very first word of the whole Doctrine and Covenants. And we're going to get into that in a minute. 
But we love that it just starts right out the whole Doctrine and Covenants, hearken, O ye people of my church. And then and, this... And this is just... One of my favorite parts about this is um, that we wrote it sort of in a poetry format mm-hmm. because we want to help invoke the feeling in ourselves and our families of the beauty of Scripture. Like, you know, like sometimes when it's just written on the pages, you're just like, oh, that's scripture. But it's like, wait, it's actually like living and beautiful. And yes. so we tried to help create that feeling for, for everybody yep. also when, when you saw it. And then these quotes are going to be so fun. There's one for every week. Um, and this one I'm going to show. So you've got, this will be the word for next week. Surprise. Um, but this quote says, now, if you will continue to follow the leadings of that spirit, it will always lead you right. Sometimes it might be contrary to your judgment. Never mind that. Follow its dictates. And if you be true to its whisperings, it will in time become in you a principle of revelation so that you will know all things. Oh, I just, I love that one so much. I love that if you be true to the whisperings in time, it will become to you a principle of Revelation. And I have to say two things about that. First, you look like one of those hear ye, hear ye people when you were reading it in front of the thing. That makes me even better. And second, I I am in love with the idea of being able to like, oh, what what can just be one thing I want to focus on this week? I don't want to focus on 25. It's too much for my brain. I'm I'm too scattered. But like this week, I want to focus on hearkening and listening to his whisperings. That's it. It's my word and thought of the yep, whole week. Yeah, it's so good. It's Let's show really cool. some of the other words. It's so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want a sneak peek? Yeah, they want these? a sneak peek. Okay. Um, this is one I pulled out because I couldn't stand it. Journey. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> who wants to think about the journey they're on? I love this one. Uh, yeah, being a steward over people in particular. Like, we're going to see that throughout um, different sections. And then, oh, here's one that's so awesome. The providence of God. What if that whole week you just thought about God overseeing everything? Anyways, they all go with the sections and just pretty and awesome. And you can find those at Deseret Book if yeah. you're going to wonder where to find them. The other thing that we they love... They look like this box in case you think like, oh, how do I find them? They look like that. Okay, the other thing that we love so much, one of my favorite ways to study with my kids, particularly my girls, is to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and we love to Bible journal. My girls have really good handwriting. So their Bible journals look so cute. My handwriting is not cute and I do not have a lot of patience and I, but I want my scriptures to look really cute. So if you're someone who loves Bible journaling, um, those are journals that just have these wide margins on the side, which are awesome because you can write a lot of notes in here about what you're learning, but you can also do really cute things. And we were so excited this year, Desert Book asked if we wanted to partner with this darling lady named Becky Higgins who designed from our lessons that we'll be teaching you from the journals, some of our most favorite parts. So there's stickers for every single week that you'll be able to put in these journals that are so fun and they will go right with the lessons. And either if you're a big Bible journaling person, then you might want to get one of these, but they're going to be so cute to just put right in, right in these. So you can just, you decorate your whole journal right up. And, and they come in this super cute folder. Oh yeah, Are you so dead cute. about how and they it, just And did everything's it. right in there, so you're not going to lose them. I already did these ones this week. But you just pull out the ones. This will be the ones for next week. Um, the Bible journals you can get at Desert Book has some. We also have this company that we are in love with. Um, that's just a small company, but they have taken all of the scriptures, the Doctrine and Covenants, 
and it's in little tiny booklets. The sections are broken up. So if you ever just wanted to take like one of them in the car with you and go and study or to church, then you can take that. Um, or but add then, a journal in as yes, part of this. Into but the then you can something. slide them all back in here. And it's so fun. Um, these people are called in the leafy treetops. And they're just, um, we love this idea. And you get to pick your cover and whatever you want to put in here. So those stickers are going to be so fun. And if you don't have cute handwriting, <laughs> like me, you don't need the stickers. I, I, I do like them. And I can't wait to give them to Jane for Christmas. <gasps> oh. Jane, I went, oh, no, Jane and Elle watch this. I hopefully, I can't let them watch it before Christmas. Whoops. I'm so happy right now because my scriptures just got so cute. So that is so fun. Y'all, here's the thing. It's just, oh, you have that one last thing. Oh, this yeah. is so fun. We told you about this, but there is going to be a playlist for the entire year, which is so fun because you were just talking about wishing we had a soundtrack. Well, we yeah, actually we do. do, everyone. There is a soundtrack for the whole year. I think it has like 26 songs on it or 27. It's on Spotify, so you can download it to your phone. Um, there is this EP that is selling a desert book for $3.99 that actually has the link right here on it. We should put the link in the newsletter also. That'd be so smart. Mm -hmm. So we'll put the link in the newsletter so you can just go there. All the music is there. It'll go in order of what we're teaching. It's all from the Nashville Tribute Band who we love. And just for fun, when we went on our big tour of all the church history sites, there were a couple songs we wanted to use that weren't on their CDs that they have. So there are three new songs on this little EP, and we actually sing on two of them, which was so awesome for him, and it was seriously the worst day of my life. The it was worst. so good for me. I felt like a boy band. I loved it so much. <laughs> so surprise, we sing on here two of the songs. And then the Johnson family, who we introduced you to on Instagram, sings your favorite rendition of the Spirit of God you've ever heard in your life. So really, all of these were created out of way of how do we help the scriptures just come alive? How do we help it reach different parts of us through music, through art? through writing, through deep study, whatever whatever it may be, because we're all so different, or maybe we have a little bit of all of that in, a, in us, but we adore the scriptures. We really feel like they are friends and companions to us, and and it really was God walking these people through their mm -hmm. lives, and, and we want to have that same experience of Him walking us through ours, and and, and so we just everything want to bring like, that to life for you. So you will notice on our newsletters also, there will be the Take 5 in there, we will also have a picture every week that we pick that is one of our favorite pictures to depict the story for that lesson will be in the newsletter. And you can find the newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you'll just sign up right there and then it will come to you every Monday morning is when it's going to come. So should we jump in? Yeah, let's go. Let's start with the introduction. That was a lot to kind of get into this, um, but hopefully all of those things will be really, really helpful. Well, you're starting. I'm just going to write down those things we want to put in the newsletter. Okay. This introduction is kind of like, okay, what even is this book of scripture? You know, you had to do that at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. Here's an ancient record kept by people who started in the land of Jerusalem and moved over to the Americas. What is the, what's the Old Testament? When did it get put together? What's the new? The introduction talks about what actually is this collection of books and why is it important to us as a people. Um, and did we, we want to start with that, that first line, if you yes. look in the introduction. It just simply says, this is a collection um, of divine revelations and inspired declarations that were given for the establishment and regulation of the kingdom of God on the earth in the last days. 
It's almost like the Book of Mormon has a particular purpose of bringing us closer to Christ. And the Doctrine and Covenants is a book that talks about the establishment of his kingdom now on the earth. Um, remembering, of course, that kingdom is a synonym to his family, to his people. And so it's going to be really, really people-centered because it's divine revelations and inspired declarations that will move people and guide people through their becoming um, process, their journey in, in their life. We love that this book was going to be called the Book of Commandments. In fact, it was called that for a short time. That's how they referred back to it because it was all of these commandments that came through Revelation. And we love hooking those two things together. That this book of commandments or this book of divine revelations and inspired declarations would mean the same thing. And right in the middle of your paper, you're going to see the word commandments. And we just want you to remember as we go through the Doctrine and Covenants this year that commandments also equals revelations. That it's the Lord helping guide us and direct us. And we're going to talk about why a little bit later in the lesson, but we just love that connection from right here. Um, right in here, there's this question, what will you hear? Um, you see it a little bit in the first paragraph, but I want to go down to the third paragraph of the introduction. This is right before um, the chronological events, section one. So move back two pages if you're in section one. Um, go down to the sixth, excuse me, the third paragraph. And you're going to hear this line right here um, where it talks about this is a part of the standard works. It's of modern origin given through, um, it's the word of God given through revelations. But halfway through it says this line that we love so much. In the revelations, one hears the tender but firm voice of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking anew in the dispensation of the fullness of times. And it this book, perhaps more than any other book, will help you to become familiar with the voice of the Lord. Um, you honestly could go to any section of the... In fact, give a number between 1 and 138. Oh, Just okay, try it. Okay, fun. 101. Okay. Verse 12. No, all you have to do is do 101. Oh. If you go to section 101, listen to what it says. Fairly, I say unto you concerning your brethren. That's in first person. It's the voice. It's actually like the voice mm -hmm. of the Lord in first person. Yeah. Give another one. Um, okay, 96. Okay, you just go, 96. Listen to what it says. Behold, I say unto you. Like mm -hmm. every almost every single section is in first person voice of the Lord. And that is something that's really powerful and unique about this book, that it's in his actual voice. You actually are hearing him speak. You know those little Bibles that you can get where the yes. words of Jesus are in red? Yeah. The whole Doctrine and Covenants would be red if if you applied like that same that same style to this Which book. Which is so, so awesome. Yeah, you, you really do part. get to hear his voice. Um, and then we love right at the very um, top, if you're in scriptures like mine, but it's in one, two, sixth. three. It's the sixth, the sixth paragraph. One. It says this. These sacred revelations were received in answer to prayer in times of need and came out of real life situations involving real people. And we hinted at that earlier, but this is our favorite part of teaching the Doctrine and Covenants. When you spend time here, I don't miss this. This is what you are going to find is we want to begin with the person who asked the question, who had the need, who, who had that want, who reached out to the Lord and said, help me in this place. And it was a real life situation and a real life 
person and all of a sudden the words become so much more applicable and meaningful because you see who the Lord is talking to. And we want to watch that this whole time. So as you open up and start getting into the journal, you're going to notice right at the get-go, there's going to be a square that is common every single time. And it's going to ask you to write down the prayer, the need, or the situation, um, the question that is being asked, what is happening here? What's happening in section one that will help us when we start getting into these verses to know what's going on here. And the fact that the Lord is going to be so present in their life. And that's the last thing I just want to point out here. Um, the testimony of the 12 apostles is right below the introduction. And I love right at the very top of the second paragraph, it talks about the Lord being our helper. And that's what we're going to learn about the Lord in the Doctrine and Covenants is that he's going to step into these people's lives. He's going to meet them where they were, as they were, as their helper. That's why he comes. And he's going to walk them through this process of bringing his kingdom back to the earth. And it's so interesting because you're going to look at these names and it would be fun to read them this week as a family. And maybe just put marks by who do we know and who do we not know their story. It's going to be so fun because by the end of the year, you're going to be able to come back to this page and you're going to know every single one of these people and you're going to know their story and you're going to watch how the Lord worked with them in what was going on, which is going to be so awesome. You can't wait to meet all the people <laughs> you are about to meet in um, in the Doctrine and Covenants. That's going to be one of your favorite parts. So should we jump into yeah, the prayer in the section, and the need and the situation? Yeah, let's jump into that, what's happening in section one. Um, this is actually out of order. Most of the Doctrine and Covenants follows like chronological order, most, high 90%. Section one is a little bit different because if you look at the date here at the top, it says 1831. So you're way into Ohio is where they are right now. And you're kind of like, wait a second, why are we all of a sudden there? And it's because uh, they had all of these revelations that have been received sections. This would have landed chronologically between, I think, yeah, section 66 and 67. So you have all of these revelations. And if you ever wanted a copy of the revelations, this what you would do part. is you would go in. At this point, they are in um, the John Johnson home, which is an about 45-minute drive away from Kirtland. Joseph had to leave to go work on the Joseph Smith translation. You see how we're jumped right into the story. We're like, wait a second, how did we get there? Don't worry. But that's where they are. And there was a little chest, and it had all of the revelations inside there. And it had a paper and a little quill. And you would take out your paper and take out the one that you, let's see, I, I wanted uh, 15 for my mission, and 29, whatever, and you would copy it. And then You'd you would write it yourself. Yeah. And you love that they carried them in their pockets. People carried the revelation the they, they wanted, wanted. Yeah. in their pocket. They took them with them, and then they would read them when they went on their yeah. missions or, or wherever and they, they would were. Uh, trade them with other missionaries do you have uh, like pokemon cards or something it's like do you have 45 i was like i really want 45 well i have 20 i'll trade you 29 and 11 for it um and so that's the way they did it so they gathered together this committee and to to decide should we print um all of these for people to have should we print it in a book format like we did the book of mormon and the committee decided, yes, we want to do that. And they, they had this really lofty goal of 10,000 <laughs> copies initially. Um, that gets narrowed down to 3,000 <laughs> copies to print. Um, and then they decided, well, we need to write a preface to this book. 
So a small committee of people, William McClellan, you saw mm -hmm. his name on that list in the intro, Sidney Rigdon and Oliver Cowdery got together to write the preface. When they read it to the committee, the committee was like, that is rubbish. That's not a good preface. And they were um, good writers. Like yeah, these were their school, best Two of them school teachers. Writers. Sidney Rigdon like had the Bible memorized, yeah. right? So, and they were like, that's not very good. <laughs> so they turned to Joseph and they said, will you help with the preface? And he says, I will if we all kneel down in prayer together. So they kneel down in prayer and he says, and when we arose, Joseph stood by the window. You ever look at that John Johnson home? It's one of those upstairs windows. And he dictated as the Lord spoke to him and Sidney Rigdon wrote. And then he gave the next line and he wrote, and that is where we get section one. And you of love, the let's just covenants. read verse six. So section one, verse six, because this is your favorite part. Everyone tried to write a little preface. And then the Lord says this, behold, this is mine authority and the authority of my servants and my preface under unto the book of my commandments, which I have given them to publish unto you. And you just love that they're like, who should write the preface? And he's like, well, it's my Me. book. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write the preface. And that's one of the things that we love about that whole idea of that first person in here that someone might go check this book out at a library, The Doctrine and Covenants, and they were like, well, who's the author? And someone might mistakenly say, oh, it's Joseph Smith. And, and that would not be right. They would just need to turn to page one to see the Lord says, no, this is my book of revelations. Like it was given through different people as instruments, but it's my words and it's, and it's mm. my will in here. Yep. And I think this might so help good. lead us into that first word that you love talking about. But I looked this up like, okay, what is a preface actually? I mean, I, I know what one is, but I was like, someone smarter, tell me. And this is what the definition of a preface was. Um, something written to tune the ears of the hearer to the message of the writer. Hmm. Um, is that kind of neat? Yeah. Tune the ears of the hearer to the message that the writer really wants to convey. So Let me good. get you ready for what this book is going to be about. Yeah, I love that. So it's so fun because we talked about here, and let's just make sure everybody knows, we have a picture of the board in the newsletter for anyone who wants that. But we've filled out this, the tender but firm voice of Jesus. And then we just want you to remember that the revelations came in answer to prayer in times of need for real life situations and real life people. And then let's just go to the very first word. I wrote at the top of mine. You wrote at the top of yours. They were at a conference in Ohio. They wanted to know about printing the revelations and they were worried about the preface. I wrote down um, for my question of section one, does the Lord still speak to his people? And this is such a quick answer right here. And I love that the first word is hearken. And we wanted to start out with that word because there is a whole lesson. Like if you were going to take that thing you just said to us, what a preface is, all this preface needed was that one word for us to understand the intent of the author. Yeah. That's it. And I love when you study that word hearken in my scriptures, I have it drawn right here like this. Um, this is in, um, I have written down that it's Japanese, but then I've had other people tell me it's Chinese. And so it's some sort of beautiful language that looks like this, everybody. <laughs> and um, the thing that is so fun about these characters, when they write a word down, each little part of the word means something. So to understand the whole world, the whole word, you have to understand all of the little parts inside the word. And within that word hearken, which this says hearken, this would be ear and this would be you. 
and this would be your eyes and I love this one the most your undivided attention and then underneath here your heart so we learn from this that that word hearken by itself requires your ears your eyes your heart and you yourself and then I love that it's your undivided attention that is what it means to hearken and that invitation of entering into this study with that in mind I think is so awesome so you'll want to write that by this word hearken here um, if you just put somewhere in this little space that we left you it's going to take your ears your eyes you your heart and your undivided attention that's how you're going to enter into the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, the next thing we love is who it's written to. Yeah, and I was just thinking as you're asking that question, does God speak? It's interesting that the Doctrine and Covenants begins with the word, listen, because I'm about to, mm. right? Yeah. Lend your heart and your ears and your undivided attention because I'm about to talk to you about the situation that you're in and, and where I hope for you to go. And it's just neat that the first word is just like, okay, mm. listen. It's not only to its who, but who it's from, because it says this, saith the voice of him who dwells on high, that idea of like, I oversee all things, right? And whose eyes are upon all men. We love this concept throughout the whole first section. And let's run you through a couple verses, but we call this the doctrine of all. Very, very clearly in this first section, you see that the Lord is speaking to everyone. And he will use the word all, several times throughout here, but also other phrases that help you lend, that lend to that idea of like, it's everyone. no one is getting left out here. So you saw in verse one, my eyes are upon all men. Verse two, the voice of the Lord is unto all men and there is none to escape. Verse four, the voice of warning shall be unto all people. Down in verse 11, wherefore the voice of the Lord is unto the ends of the earth that all will hear, may hear. Uh, skip down to verses 34 and 35. The Lord says, O inhabitants of the earth, right? The whole earth, I, the Lord, am willing to make these, I am willing to make these things known unto all flesh, for I am no respecter of persons. And um, you love, um, in just one through three, he describes the all a little bit more where he says, I'm, gonna I'm talking to the people of my church but I'm also talking to the people from afar, and I'm also talking to the people on the islands of the sea, which I love because that had to have felt so distant for them and, and hard to get to. And then he also, in verse 3, is talking about the rebellious, that you love there's nobody that isn't included in that word all, which is so awesome. Right, and to think about like how good his voice is, because in that too, it's like, there is no eye that will not see, no ear that will not hear, or heart that will not be penetrated. I am going to reach every single one of my children. That is my intention. You'll find out in a minute. He says, some of them will be reached through those of you who are alive right now, but that's gonna keep continuing. But I'm going to keep reaching out until 100%. The number value with all mm -hmm. is not 99%. It is 100, and we have this little spot in the journal. We'd love for you to think about this concept of who is it that you need to remember that is included in all. It might be yourself. You might need to know that I am a part of all, that God intends to speak to me. 
Um, it might be someone that's wayward. It might be someone that's ignorant. It might be someone that is rebellious. It might be someone that is aloof. I, I, don't, I don't know, but it's powerful to consider for a moment that this God who's on high is going to find a way to reach all people. I, I remember this one Christmas at my grandparents' house, which you really should come sometime because we cram into this really, really little house and um, we are half Italian. And so we're loud and um, we love good food and we're just, you know, but after all of like the gifts and everything were opened up, my grandpa stood up and he kind of hushed everybody and, and he just said, I want you all to, to look around at everybody who's here. He says, look around at everybody's face. He says, this is your family. And I want to make sure that you look around so that you remember everybody. No one gets forgotten. That's what we do as a family, as we make sure that we remember every single person who is here. And I love thinking of Father in Heaven in that same tender way. It was like, look around. Because mm -hmm. I want to make sure nobody gets forgotten. And it makes me think as we look at, because these words, he's telling us, it's these words are for all. And you made me think to myself, as I read through, I want to think, who is the person that needs this right now? How easy would it be all year long as you're studying to send a text to the person who you're like, oh, this person would actually love this. And if it's someone who's not religious, or if it's one of your kids who isn't super interested with scripture verses, paraphrase that lesson in a way that would connect with that child or with that friend or with that person. I just love that he's giving us permission right here to remember everybody. And what if that was our call, not just for this lesson, but for this whole year to think who needs these words today Yeah, that we could share with them. That is so awesome. This, um, the sec this preface, it's, it's so beautifully crafted, of course, because the master <laughs> teacher, writer, yes. speaker crafted it. And it almost follows this. I heard Elder Holland teach it like this one time where if you were to draw the preface, it would go like this, you know, like, almost like um, he compared it to Dante's Inferno or the mm. great literature of time. It goes like this into this turning point and then it splits and opens. Like there's this downfall, like, oh my gosh, everything is is a dumpster fire. And then all of a sudden there's this apex turning point and then it opens back up again. And the Lord kind of shows like, he's like, I have um, a, a warning and um, I have a why and I have a wherefore. And it's fun. Let's show people right where it is so you can find it as you're describing it. So you're going to watch that come together in 13 and 14 and 15. And then that, that turnabout is going to come in Seven. 17. Yeah. So that's where he's going to be teaching right now is in DNC 1. You're going to watch it just all start coming together in 13 and 14. And then that turning point is going to come. Right, in 17. So it starts off, hearken everybody on the whole world and the islands and everywhere because I have a warning in verse 13. And, and the warning is that there is a calamity that is coming upon the inhabitants of the earth. It starts by talking about the anger of the Lord and his sword bathed in heaven. At the end of the section, it's of section one, it connects it to the devil. Like he is going to have his way with the people. Um, and, he, and he says this, he says, you, the warning is verse 14, listen to my words, otherwise you'll be cut off 
from among the people. The people are his people, or in other words, those who can be protected from this oncoming calamity. So there's this calamity coming, and I have a solution for it. But he says, why is that calamity coming? He says, well, because people have strayed, verse 15, from my ordinances. They've broken the everlasting covenant. You're going to notice throughout the Doctrine and Covenants that the almost like the heart and soul of the restoration is the restoration of covenant relationship with God. That is what the restoration is all about. And he's like, that's broken. Verse 16, people don't seek the Lord to establish relationship with him or righteousness, but everyone walks in their own way after the image of their own God, which is the image of the world, even Babylon. He's just like, everyone's become their own gods. And the result of that is going to be it's going to be total mm-hmm. calamity and yeah. chaos. It's going yeah. to be chaos, right? So, and then you love this word, yeah. wherefore. Wherefore. Almost like, well, he says it right here. I was about to paraphrase what he said, but look, <laughs> I, the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth. I, the Lord, on high, watching over with my tender yet firm view, um, because I saw and knew it was coming, here's the turning point, I called upon my servant. And I spake unto him from heaven. At that time, that particular servant was Joseph Smith. But the, the heart of this wherefore is, seeing what you were doing to yourselves, I intervened. I came into your story. And we love, one of our favorite definitions of the word revelation is when God enters into your story. And that it was the wherefore. Because I saw it was happening, I intervened. And I began to speak unto you from heaven. Through a prophet, which we just love. We're going to watch that happen here. But just like we talked about at the beginning, we, we are living that same life now. We have a prophet who's going to intervene and he's going to help us know how to move forward and through this. And we love the lessons that come from that. Um, it tells us the reason why that's going to happen in verse 18 through 23. Or, or maybe more what's going to happen because of that. Because he is going to intervene, here's what the ripple effect that's going to come from it. And you just love everything that he talks about, that every man would be able to speak in the name of um, God. Remember that word name can be changed to authority. So if if you listen to the prophet, it's going to give you the ability to speak with the authority of God, the Lord, even the Savior of the world. Also, that faith might increase in the earth. I don't know why, but right now that's my favorite of the four, that thought that faith could increase. I love that his gospel will be proclaimed. Oh, you forgot 22. That's Oh, that my everlasting covenant might be established, which we do love that one so much. And then the gospel would be proclaimed throughout the world. That's what is going to be the effect of that prophet that's going to come and start that that stone rolling, yeah. right? Almost like because he's intervened and is now speaking, all of these things are going to happen. And I just think that's so rad. I'm just stuck on you stopping on that one about faith increasing yeah, in the world one. where you're just like, do you remember even that, that a couple of years ago with the sacrament? Remember when there was an emphasis on the Sabbath day? We were taught, President Nelson, before he was President Nelson, taught us in that, in, in that training when he said, our question was, how do we increase faith in God the Father and Jesus Christ in this world? How do we do it? Mm. And the answer was, focus more on the Sabbath. Mm. But it's powerful that like there was someone going to the Lord and saying, how do we bring about verse 21? 
Yeah. And, an, and a revelation came. Oh, that's so good. You know? We love in verse 24 when it says, Behold, I am God and have spoken it. These commandments, right? This whole book, because remember he's writing his preface. These commandments were given unto my servants in their weakness. The, let's just think about that for a minute. Because remember what we wrote at the very beginning? That they came because of a certain situation in a time of need because of a prayer that's how weakness is described or or that's how we understand they came to me in their weakness or in their time of need or in, with a desperate prayer that's how they came to me after the manner um and then he's going to talk back to them after the manner of their language which i love too their conditions their particulars their situations that's how he's going to answer that they might come to an understanding. I love this verse so much, and it is so true about how the Lord works. You think about where we see him working in the New Testament so we can get a picture or a visual. He met the woman at her well. That's where he went. He, he went and talked to her about water. He taught her in what she understood. He met Peter in his boat. He talked to him about fishing, about nets, about blessings, overflowing you love that he went into people's stories and he taught them in their language according to their need and i love that he's like i didn't change i'm going to still do that in the doctrine and covenants watch me do that in your time and with your conditions and with your particulars and then and and it's kind of cool that just like he recognizes like joseph won't be perfect at this and neither will any prophet after it will be done in weakness and according to you know their mm -hmm. language but he says the end goal is that people come to an understanding yes right eventually we're going to get there we're going to be able to come to an understanding of what the lord's trying to say where he's trying to take us and and you love too about the doctrine and covenants that it's so much like the new testament in that Peter was not the only person who had an experience with revelation in the New Testament. The woman at the well did. The woman who touched his robe did. The friend who got lowered through the roof did. Everybody got to experience that personal and intimate touch from the Savior. And the same is going to be true in this book. This is not a book that is primarily Joseph Smith's story. Emma is going to be in here. Lucy is going to be mentioned we love vienna jacks who we're going to talk about we're going to um, see hints of jane james and all these other people through here besides the fact of thomas marsh and william mcclellan and luke johnson and all of these people who are trying to figure out their way those names and those stories are going to become as familiar to us this year as those new testament stories that we love so much which we're so excited about well and and maybe it's right there in that word at the end of 24 that they might mm. come to an understanding that that's a word that implies anybody that god's hope is that we come to an understanding of what he's trying to say to us and it's going to come sometimes through the living prophet it's going to come sometimes through ancient scripture and sometimes through individual experiences or sometimes through other leaders and it's like or friends or however, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's like, oh, so that all of you can come to an understanding of who God is and how what you works. mean to him and how he works. Yeah, all of those things. I love this too. Every time I read the Doctrine and Covenants, this happens for me in this book every time. I don't know if that is true for you also, 
But there will tend to be like my patriarchal blessing. You know when you read your patriarchal blessing and there's one line that you're like, oh, I've never even noticed that before. That happens for me so often in the Doctrine and Covenants. And this time there was one part that just, I, I, lo- I like it. It's marked in my scriptures. But this time for some reason it stood out to me so clearly. And it's what happens right after 24. He's talking about why he gave these commandments that are of him. Why he why he feels like they should even be in a book and and people should be able to use them. And he says, it's so that if somebody errs, it might be made known in verse 25 of section one. Or if somebody sought wisdom, it's so they could be instructed. Or if somebody sinned, that they could be made to understand what was wrong about that situation so that they would know how to repent. And if they came into these pages and they were humble, these commandments are so they could be made strong. Like I could meet them in that weakness and I could strengthen them for whatever they needed. They would be blessed from on high and that they would receive revelation from time to time. And all of a sudden, when I was reading this, I was like, I love the commandments right now. If this is what the commandments are for, then I'm so grateful I belong to a church that has a book of commandments because I have been all of the things in these verses. Yeah. And you're going to see, like you saw this in the introduction, you can link these verses back to the introduction where it says, here are the types of commandments or revelations that you're going to see. Ones that came to people in these situations and in these situations and in these situations and in these. And it's neat to see that God is entering into all of those types of of situations. We just have two more things that we love at the end of this lesson, and they are so good. Um, The one is what we're supposed to be searching for. We read about it in verses 37 and 38, and not just in section one, but for the entire Doctrine and Covenants, you might just want to make a mental note. You want to be searching for the prophecies and the promises which is so fun to think that's what we're going to be gathering this year is prophecies and promises. But then... And particularly because he says, search these revelations for the prophecies. This is verse 37 and 38. And promises which are in them shall all be fulfilled. So any promise or prophecy that you find in these revelations, take it to the bank. Like it's going to be fulfilled. Because he doesn't just make promises. He's able also to perform those promises. And we love that. Then we get to a little box that we are both so passionate about, everybody. (laughs) So you might feel our passion coming out right now. We're going to go to Doctrine and Covenants section 1, verse 30. Yeah, and he says, okay, some of the revelations are 29 is going to be about translating the Book of Mormon. You'll see that at the beginning. And a lot of these revelations are also going to be about um, giving you the power to lay the foundation of this church, to bring it forth out of obscurity, out of darkness. That is a revelation context. one of the things you're going to start noticing the Doctrine and Covenants is how it pulls from mm-hmm. all scripture. Um, and to bring this church, lay the foundation of this church and bring it out of darkness, the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth, which, which I, the Lord, am well pleased. Now that is a phrase that can cause a lot of angst with people, um, particularly if they are reading it wrong. Um, our uh, counselor and our bishopric started sacrament meeting, fast and testimony meeting yesterday and said, when I hear the phrase at the beginning of a lot of testimonies, I know the church is true. He said, I ask myself sometimes, um, I wonder what they mean when they say that, hmm. you know, because we would have to know what does somebody mean, particularly what does the Lord mean when he says 
the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth, um, which with I, the Lord, am well pleased. First, let's cover this first one. This is not the only church that he's well pleased with. He's saying like, the only true and living church. I happen to be pleased with that church, you know, <laughs> in addition to too, others. It's also not the only church that has truth. There are other churches who have truth. There are other churches who believe in the words of God in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. And, or and even in their own, in scripture, their own scripture that was, yep. you know, in 1978, you remember the, there's that first presidency um, uh, proclamation, not proclamation, statement from the first presidency that Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, these were all inspired people, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I love and Orson. And there's truth there, right? Yeah, there is a whole truth. lot of it. Yep. Because I think we even places. have to be careful that sometimes we're like, could be a little patronizing and saying like, oh, they have a little and they have a little and they, and it's just like, no, there's bounds of yes. truth other places. And, and I wouldn't even, we would never say that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has all truth either. Right? Because the ninth article of faith says of, there's more. Right? And because of the next word, and this becomes our favorite word of verse 30. So if you take nothing from this conversation, this is the word we want you to remember. What is beautiful about this church is that it's living. That's what is unique about this church, is that we're part of an ongoing restoration. That the Lord is with this church. He's working with this church. And there's probably times he's more pleased than others with this church. But the fact that it's living and that he is working with us, that's unique. And that is something to bear testimony of. The fact that not just this is a church that has truth, but that this is a church that is living, that believes in a living and breathing God who is still guiding his people through a prophet today. That's what is unique about this church. Well, and I would say in combination with when we say true, President Irene, um, oh yeah, I pulled this up right before. President Irene says, this is the true church, the only true church, because, not because a monopoly on truth or no one else has any, he says, because in it are the keys of the holy priesthood. And so that is a phrase that has to do with, okay, how can we can say this is the only true and living? Um, has truth and it's living like so many others are. And there are the keys of that the Holy Priesthood. Through the restoration. Right, as which, well. Yeah, as well. So it's when we're talking about that, especially if you have friends who are of another faith, it's so good to make sure they understand when we're telling you about our church, we want you to know that we have truth and it's, living and we have a prophet who's teaching us what God would have us do right now and there are things that have been restored mm -hmm. that are central to the gospel of Jesus Christ and you can find all of those things here in this place and we love that yeah and again just to emphasize that whole idea in verse 34 maybe we end on this and it says mm -hmm. again I do like that the Lord says and again in case you missed it, this is really important to me. I say unto you, O inhabitants of the whole earth, I, the Lord, am willing to make these things known unto all flesh. Hmm. That is not, there's not exclusivity with that verse 30. It is, it's an invitation of, okay, 
great, you stumbled upon some of these things early. I'm actually going to use some of you weak things to, to take it to all yes. because my intention is to take it to all. Yep, to and everyone. I love, you know, I love to do word studies and that Hebrew word for living. It talks about something that is alive, but I love this one, something that is raw. Um, and mm. I love the thought of that, that it's, that so, sometimes it feels like that, that we are a work in progress, but it also talks about strength <laughs> and congregation and being lively and something that must be maintained. That is a multitude. I loved this one that is running. Um, I just love the life in that, that we're, we are a work in progress. That is what we are. And that's what his church is. But you love that for the fact that, and he's in it, and he's giving revelation daily, and we are moving forward according to his word, and that is the beauty of this gospel. Uh, and that, oh, you caught me on that word raw, mm -hmm. and just to think that, like, um, in this particular time in history, during that committee, there was bickering and arguing and, and figuring and, yeah. and all of those things that were happening. You can see that rawness that's happening there. Next week for our video, we're actually taking you on our first field trip um, to the Sacred Grove. And we're going to introduce a, a raw 14-year-old farm boy of no consequence in this world. And it's so spectacular to watch God move and work through these raw mm -hmm. ingredients and bring about you know, something beautiful. I knew you were going to love that word for this. I, I, really, I knew. But I, because, let, can I just tell you this? That I like learned this week that remember President Nelson in conference taught us about that the name Israel means um, to let God prevail. There is another meaning of that word, which is to wrestle with God. Hmm. And I actually really love that whole idea of like yeah. moving, working, living that wrestle to become yeah, so saints. And we love, know? let's just end on 36. And the Lord shall have power over his saints. And just that thought of we're his and he's working mm -hmm. with us. And it's all going to work out. We're going to watch that happen. So, so many good things. That's such come. a great introduction. We'll yeah. see you in New York. I almost said New York City. <laughs> Upstate New York, Sacred Grove, and Joseph Smith's house next, next week. week. And then we'll be back on the board the week after that. Bye. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.